curry. What do you think, this is the army where you shoot them a mile away? You gotta get up close like this, and bing, you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. Good will I think? Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. <laughs> Learn it, know it, live it. Are you running a business or a charity war? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Uh, Yankees win! Pull over! No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. Are you a pothead fucker? This is Live at Five, yeah, Live at Five, Live at Five. That's right, yeah. In studio guests, the political season, of course, is here. You've known that for many months now. We have uh, Dr. Robert Kimball, a candidate for city council, uh, with us uh, this afternoon on the Live at Five show. Find out more uh, about uh, Mr. or Dr. Kimball's pol- or platform. And uh, what do you think he would be like as a city council person for the city of Watertown? It's already 10 minutes after the hour. It's beautiful outside, but you already knew that. So uh, let's get let's get right down to business, right, Doctor? Yes. Let's do so here we are. Uh, and I, I know you've been on this show before. This is not the, your first rodeo, as they say. You were on here with uh, with Jeff Graham last spring, Doctor? Yes, before yeah. the primary. So, you, you, you know, I met you at the, the, actually a week ago yesterday, or today, sorry, at the Italian American Club. Uh, right. what, what were your thoughts about the, the debate, not only for the council, but for the next night? Well, unfortunately, I didn't get to make it to the uh, to the mayor's uh, debate. Um, I think the uh, the uh, candidate forum uh, was informative. Mm-hmm. I think uh, there were we covered a lot of topics, some old, some newer, and uh, I think all in all, it went pretty well. I, I think so too. Uh, there was a dynamic difference between council debate and, of course, the very next night. Um, but because, and that was to be predicted. A lot more people, by the way, showed up the second night because people, again, I'm just going to go out there and say this. You did very well during the primary doctor. Um, that doesn't necessarily you win uh, on, on the general election, but you must be very happy with the results, right? Well, I was both surprised and happy with my performance in the primary. I really did not expect to be, uh, the, the top vote getter in the primary, but I was very pleased with that. But I'm I'm not expecting that to go forward into the general election. I'm, you know, continuing to campaign. I'm here talking to you today again to try and inform the voters so that uh, they can make a wise decision and 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 vote for me. So you were the top vote getter, followed by uh, Mr. Ben Schoen, and then it was uh, Mr. Spaziani. And then uh, T.J. Babcock. But there was a big gap between even you and Ben. You just said you were surprised by that. Why, why is that? Well, you know, because the, uh, the press in general was referring to me as a political newcomer, which is true, absolutely true. Uh, ben has run before uh, for council. Right. And uh, some of the other candidates were, I think, good candidates. So I just did not know what to expect. I, mm-hmm. I just didn't know how to read the room. No, which is a very good way of putting it. Of course, you know, I was crass on the air, and I said, boy, there's a lot of the professional, the Southsiders, if you will, 
uh, Jeff and I kind of pick on you know, on the affluent part of Watertown. Seems like they backed you. That's an assessment. Am I correct in saying that? Well, I hope so. Yeah. But, <laughs> but but I but I hope that people of lesser means would also back me because I'm not here to running to just represent people with more money. I'm here to represent all the citizens of Watertown. I look at it this way, Doctor, uh, and we'll get into uh, your background and so forth, your family life. Um, that you know, I think a lot of people woke up in the last couple of years, a lot of people living here all their lives or for a good part of their lives. And I refer to the people that support you as the professionals, as you know, the, the educated that are upset with the, the lack of decorum that we've been seeing at, uh, at City Council. So it, it, to me, it didn't surprise me. You're, 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 uh, you, you have great presentation. You are a doctor. You're well-known in the area. You've been a surgeon for how many years? You retired now. I know that. I just retired a year ago. I've, I was a surgeon for 33 years. So do you think that, that, that the higher echelon of society said, hey, wait a minute, we need to hone things back here, you know, once they realized that you, as part of the medical uh, community and uh, a well-known citizen here, was a good choice. That's why I think that you got a lot of support. That's my opinion, of course. Well, I, I like to think that it's not just, again, the educated people uh, who would support somebody who's uh, been overeducated like I have. Um, I mean, I think to make wise decisions about a lot of issues that we're facing, mm-hmm. I, I think it would be reasonable for people to, to look and not, not look down on people who are educated as somebody who can't represent them, but mm-hmm. to look at them as somebody who can better understand some of the other issues as well mm-hmm. and represent them better. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, and that, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. But here on your, on your, uh, uh, check that Facebook page you are raised in the, uh, Finger Lakes. I didn't know that a small city of Geneva. Uh, you stayed in New York for college, graduating from Cornell University, uh, medical school followed by Columbia University in New York City, of course, uh, where you earned uh, your MD, training as a general surgeon uh, at Eisenhower Army Medical Center in Georgia, and then assigned to the 34th General Hospital in, what's that, Augsburg, uh, Augsburg Germany? Augsburg, Germany, yep. Uh, so were you in the service, or was that something that happened to be? I, I attended medical school on an Army scholarship. Did you really? Uh, and what brought you to Watertown? Just curious. Was it was it Fort Drum or it was not actually not Fort Drum. That's been the assumption for the last thirty years is that I was stationed here or came here right. for that reason. But no, I I was in Augsburg uh, and my service with the military was ending in uh, June of ninety two. Mm-hmm. And my wife and I kind of looked where we'd like to go. She was raised in Lockport, which is in the Buffalo Niagara Falls right. area. Right. And I uh, raised in Geneva. We both still had family living in in New York. Mm -hmm. And we kind of looked at the possibilities of going anywhere we wanted to. And after interviewing at several places in central New York, we ended up in Watertown. Wow. And you've been here ever since? Ever since. You have children? I do have children. I have two children. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son Charles and my my daughter Catherine. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is currently working as a, a school counselor in the Watertown School District, and the other one is working for Mizzard as uh, in the beer distributor. Oh, that's awesome! Business. That's fantastic. And do, do they plan? It sounds like they they plan on staying here. They're they're making their lives here as young adults. They are making their lives here right now. Then we need more of that. Needless to we say, we do. Yeah, I did see your interview with Jeff Cole, and that kind of is a cheat sheet for me. But oh. it helps. <laughs> oh, it does. You did it last week at Channel Seven. And they, I noticed that uh, Channel Seven's doing this extended version of interviews. Uh, I don't know where that airs. Is that on Fox, or do you know? Or 
Uh, it's I, online. I, I know that. I, th- I think they're only doing a, a small snippet on their on their regular news broadcast, mm-hmm. and the rest you go to their website to uh, to see the longer interview. It makes a lot of sense. It really does. All right. So um, it, the one thing that you did say right from the beginning, of course, we always present the same old questions here, and I, I want to walk away from that. But the golf course, done deal. Pool, done deal. We move on from that. You did make a comment about well, the one thing good about the golf course is that at least we can make some of that money back. Is that is that a good way of saying we don't need to talk about old policies? You want to go forward if you were to become council person, doctor? Well, I, I would like to to move forward and talk about talk about new problems that are facing the city and and new issues that we haven't even thought of yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so to spend a lot of time talking about the golf course, I've I've said several times. Uh, I actually uh, listened to uh, Jeff's show uh, last week, and mm-hmm. one of the one one of the people uh, who called in, who's one of his regulars. Uh, was upset with me uh, that I didn't denounce enough things. Hmm. That, that was the word he used. He, Tim didn't didn't he expected <laughs> me to denounce right, more. Right. And it's like, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I've I've said that the price was outrageous. I've right. said that they spent too much money on the golf course. But it is a done deal. There's no there's no going back from that. Right. And and you did add the caveat. Well, at least we can make some money on it. Might take maybe five, six, seven years longer uh, than what we would have made if, of course, it was sold at the assessed price. Do you agree with that? Well, I, in my saying that it makes some money, I, I think the golf course will pay for its own upkeep and and maintenance. Now that doesn't cover, you know, doesn't the speak, cost doesn't speak to anything of the cost. Mm-hmm. It just means that going forward, the money that it generates is probably enough to to keep it open and, and running as a golf course. Right, as opposed to you can't charge little kids four dollars an hour. To be at one of our three pools that cost over $4 million to build. Right. Yeah, uh, which which I totally agree. Now, I'm, I was going to save this to the end of the show, Doctor, but you brought up Tim's. You actually said Tim's name. And uh, Tim Tim is a is an avid listener, a very loyal listener to AM 1240s. Both shows, my show and Jeff's show. And Tim has brought it up. He's an astute person. He, by the way, he's legally blind. Mm-hmm. And uh, and but the one thing he he and again we've heard this term gang of three. Now we're hearing terminology gang of four, maybe even five. It doesn't you don't have to be a council member to be in the gang of four or five these days? But people are worried. Uh, the current scenario, and you know about this, so the gang of three is constituted by, of course, Lisa Ruggiero, uh, Cliff Only, and now uh, exiting council person. Uh, um, uh, Mr. Pat, Hickey, Pat, Pat Hickey. Hickey. Now Tim seems to think that the gang of three remains. If you become council person, and the configuration would be you as council person, Cliff is still there, Lisa is still there. Do you agree with that assessment? Well, I don't know. I don't know why I would be lumped in with those two as a gang of three. He thinks you're liberal. Well, I think socially I'm liberal, mm-hmm. but that's not what I'm hired for as a city council member. I'm here for the business sense. Uh, the uh, decision making, and that has nothing to do with being a liberal or conservative. It has to do with we have a budget, mm-hmm. we have a, this much money available, we have this many projects we need to do that have to be done water projects, uh, sewer, those kinds of things. And so, as a, as a financial person, I, I tend to be much more conservative. Mm-hmm. And you, you did state that today, you are a fiscal conservative, but are you independent? Would you be lured by others to say, you know, topple the scale, of, uh, so to speak, or, or be part of a, a you know, a, a, a force of three? No, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not teaming up with anybody. Mm-hmm. I have not indicated who I'm going to be voting for, mm-hmm. for mayor, mm-hmm. because I don't want to try and sway people's votes. I'm not trying to 
to, to get somebody else elected. I'm offering myself mm-hmm. as a candidate for this position, and I think I would be a good city council person mm-hmm. because I do tend to sway uh, fairly significantly uh, conservative financially, mm-hmm. and I think that's what we need now. So I am not coming on the council so that I can vote with somebody else. Mm-hmm. I'm coming on the council, if I'm elected, sure. to evaluate each problem as it comes up, mm-hmm. pick the solution that I think is most workable, affordable, mm-hmm. best for the pu- the the population in general Mm -hmm. of the community, not the rich side or the poor side, but for everybody. And I will vote that way. Mm -hmm. Do you want to take phone calls now? I mean, I just, we have two line, two, two uh, people looking to speak to you. I'm happy. Grab those headsets. And I'm going to, I'm going to first ask you, can you hear me right now? I can. Is it too loud? Uh, No, it's all right. Okay, good. All right. So let's get our first phone call before this time's out here. How do you have a question for Dr. Kimball? Yes. Uh, on the infrastructure, if he is elected from the voters from the north side, will he see that the infrastructure, like the sidewalks on the north side, are taken care of like they need to be, along with the, the water rolls that you had last week on the south side and the, uh, fixing the leaking reservoir up in the park? Hmm. Yes, good question. Make sure there won't be any cost overruns on fixing that hmm. uh, problem in the park with the reservoirs leaking over a million gallons of water today, I believe it is. I don't know. It seems like that number goes up and down every day. Every, every time the story is told, right, the right, goes right. Up. It's kind of like, uh, never mind. Okay. Uh, well, okay. thank you. you. You raised some very good points. He raises excellent points, needless to say. Uh, infrastructure is a big deal. Uh, five, $50 million to do the, the water. Uh, I don't know if that's accurate. And, of course, just last week we learned that, yes, 50,000, I think it's 50,000 gallons every day are leaking out of the reservoir up at the park. Um, that, that's a big challenge right there for anyone. Uh, it is a it is a big challenge. Actually, I've, now I've heard the number fifty thousand. I think Ben Schoen said uh, five hundred thousand at the at the candidate forum, and this gentleman said uh, a million gallons. A so, mi- and that might be over a week. It, 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 <laughs> it, 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 there's a lot of water. It's got yeah. a leak, and this is something that has been addressed by by the city. They are trying to identify the leak. To my knowledge, uh, after speaking with Ken Mix or hearing him speak. You know, they have been trying to track down where the leak is, but it's going to come down to they're probably going to have to reline the entire the entire reservoir, and that is going to be another costly project. A big, big cost, and you can't do that this time of year, needless to say. Plus, you would have to prep that, and, and I don't know what, what process you've got through. But when you hear $50 million, doctor, we're talking to Dr. Kimball here, uh, city council candidate, $50 million, I, I can't remember. I've been here for over three decades. I can't remember a, a project in, in excess other than the arena that cost upwards of fifteen, sixteen thousand total when everything was said and done, what do we have to do to get fifty million dollars to fix our water problem? Uh, well, we have to uh, make good decisions for the rest of the things that we purchase and uh, keep our fingers crossed and also apply for whatever grant money would be available. My hope is, you know, this this is a project that would take years. Mm-hmm. Um, there are three major parts of the project that I have read. I've read the initial proposal. Uh, and there are three big parts of the project, um, and we were turned down for a DSIP. I don't understand what the acronym means, but it's a defense, mm-hmm. you know, uh, grant. We were turned down for that this year, hmm. um, but since this is going to go on for several years, I would anticipate that we will be looking for other sources of grant money, or perhaps reapplying for a grant of that sort through mm-hmm. the Defense Department mm-hmm. to try and cover a, a significant portion of it. But I think we're still going to. Under the best of circumstances, I th- still think the city will be on the hook for twenty or thirty million uh, of that entire amount. Plus, that would it would be a huge project. We're seeing a lot of big projects going on with our roads, 
uh, and our sidewalks and so forth. But something like that would take, what, four or five years total? Maybe longer than that. You know, no one really can tell. Nobody could tell. No one knew what was going on with respects to the, uh, the water main break last week until it happened. That's how we react. Uh, I have to say this. I said it yesterday. Uh, we ha- Hats off to our original designers of the main right there on Huntington Street over 80 years ago. Uh, because despite the fact that everyone was warned that either pressure or water wasn't going to uh, go flow through your pipes at your home or your business, that wasn't the case. Uh, it seems like uh, we don't give enough credit to the people that built this place years ago, doctor. Well, yeah, and uh, what was that, a 1939 1939. Pipe. The, now, the thing that I that I have in my head is that I'll bet there are pipes that are older than that. Big time. Buried under the streets out there. Right. But most of the time, if your pipes aren't leaking, you don't go looking for where the pipes need to be replaced. Right, right. Now, until it happens. Until yeah. it happens. And, and if you have a pattern of, of failures, you know, as it was over on Bugby, mm-hmm. where it, I don't know how many times that pipe blew mm-hmm. uh, on, on Bugby, on that, and that short was, section of Bugby. That's not as old as the other pipes, too, which is interesting. I would expect not, yeah. Right, right. And so that finally got replaced this year mm-hmm. and identified as a weak link. And so we should be looking for, and I expect that the water department and the the, the the you know the planning department have you know maps that show right how old the pipes are where there have been failures and that's how i would expect us to select which pipes need to be replaced mm-hmm. in any given year when when the money is available Councilman Cliff only wants answers to, uh, it is alleged that someone running for city council council uh, let out that perhaps uh, people knew about this, this water main break this past uh, Thursday. Um, is it necessary to have some type of internal investigation with his own press release uh, looking into the, uh, the foundation of this story, or, or, or should we just move on? Uh, I, I have to admit, I, I've somehow missed the, this, uh, this obviously it, very important story I, from Cliff <laughs> Olney, yeah. but... But what is the allegation that that somebody knew that this pipe was going to fail, or that apparently, based on this well-crafted press release that was sent out to all the uh, uh, news media sources yesterday, including myself, by the way, I feel privy there. Um, but yeah, no, he wants to get to the bottom line. He, he he praised everybody. You know, he did the right thing. It was like I said, crafted very well. But now he wants answers. Is that necessary? Uh, I sure doubt it. I I think. I think we're too we were too hasty to look for some sort of conspiracy out there many mm-hmm. times. I think I think there's a pipe there that was, you know, 80 some years old mm-hmm. and it just chose that day to blow. Yeah. And you know, to go looking for some, you know, some hidden mm-hmm. meaning or agenda here mm-hmm. seems like it's uh uh just a a, a false notion. Right. Um because there's no way you hide a pipe leaking that right. much water. It's you could like, speculate. It's but, not yeah. like you could turn your back on it and say, well, we'll get to that in two weeks or something like that. It's, right. It either goes or it doesn't. Right, right, right. So you're saying that was basically just you know, a selfish act on, on, the, on the part of a council person or perhaps something looking for some attention. I, that's I, the way maybe I might look I, at it. I, I, would, I don't want to leave I, the I would, witness. I wouldn't have phrased it that nah, way. <laughs> that's a good point. Let's go to the phones. Hi, you're on the air. Do you have a question for Dr. Kimball? Yeah. Uh, doctor, are you a registered Democrat? I am a registered Democrat. Are you a liberal? We I, asked that. I, we, we talked Are you about a leftist that. Liberal, is that correct? What, I'm what? Are you a leftist liberal? No, I'm not a leftist liberal. I I I, I am socially liberal. If you Who did you vote for last uh, presidential? I'm not going to tell you. That's a secret thing. That's a simple question. It was a simple question, and I gave you a simple answer. My vote is my vote, and it's private. Uh, did you say at the uh, debate that you don't have a problem with raising taxes? I did not say that. 
and I and I heard you speaking to Jeff last uh, last Thursday or Friday. It's not about me. This is about you. Well, okay. I let him answer. Go ahead, Doctor. You make the statement that you could you don't have an issue with raising taxes in this city. No, I I would try my very best as a city council member to try to avoid that. That is what I said. No, no. I believe you said you would raise taxes if you had to. Well, if I have to, I will. Problem when half this city is not on the tax roll. Well, uh, that's not wrong on that or not. I think you're wrong. I think it's not half. Thirty-five percent, maybe forty percent of this city city is tax exempt. Okay. We don't need re-raising taxes. Did you ever hear of cutting spending? Yes, I've heard of that too. That's and and that may also be something we at. That, you have to look at payroll before you hit us in the pocketbook in Watertown. Because half these people are moving out of world. What are we? Twenty-four thousand, Glenn. Uh, about twenty-three thousand. Yeah, but yeah. ask if this you is could. Not I, the, yeah. the way to do business here, right. in right. my opinion. But right. You know, another thing to sweep the golf course under the rug. You don't have a problem with closed door deal like the golf course was done here. Well, I never asked them that, for the record. Well, I did. It's not a problem. Just sweep it under the rug. No, I'm not saying we sweep anything under the rug. But this is a you're talking about a year-old deal, and nothing has come forward that has been shown to me that suggests that there was anything illegal about this. I think two developers put together a deal, and they got three council people to bite on it. Hmm. And so if, if one of those three had said, no, this is too much money, we're not buying it, that would have been the end of the deal. Hmm. But I wasn't there. True. And, and, you didn't and, seem to have an issue the way it was handled. I think it was handled uh, wrong. Well, a lot of people think that, that's for yeah. sure. But All right, well, thank you, my friend. Okay, thank you, th- thank you. appreciate it. Uh, he did mention backdoor deal uh, and also the nondisclosure part of it. And, and I know, you know, again, it's, it's in the past. But if some, say, developer or someone came up and says, as a city council person, you look at this deal, but you have to sign a non-disclosure, what, what are your thoughts on that? No. You wouldn't do it? No. So you would tell them right, outright, you would say, no, I represent the people, I don't represent you or anyone else other than the people that voted for me. Correct. Again, I'm leading the witness, but is that... You are leading that, the witness, yeah, I, but... That, but is that how you feel? If they're trying to present something that they don't want there, out there in the public, right. but I am working in the public's interest, I'm just going to say no. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right, let's go to the phones. you have a question for Dr. Kimball? Hey, Glenn, a uh, couple of things I want to say up front here. Um, yeah. Hey, if, you, uh, if you can give us a notice who's coming on your show, I appreciate it. Yes. Uh, so Lisa doesn't surprise us with that. I don't think it should be just hours before and we don't know. Who no, I, I mentioned it yesterday, Tim. You missed that. All right, go ahead. You have a question for... Uh, for yeah. We, talk, we yeah, talked about you, by simple. the way. So um, I, wanted, I wanted to ask you, because you're, you're a little fuzzy on some of these issues about taking a stance. You, you just used the word saying you got to be wise, okay, in, in a lot of things. So I just want a yes or no question. Do you think it's wise for what the city council voted for the golf course the way they did it? Do you think that's wise, yes or no? No. The answer was no. no, Glenn? He said no, yes. <laughs> right. And I liked it when you took a stand just now about – Cliff saying some kind of cockamamie story about this stuff. I'd like to see you take a little more guts and be out there and say what you stand for and that you would uh, denounce and uh, rise up against uh, the, the council that won a majority and try to sway you on their side. So um, anyhow, yep. on that, now, yep. you, uh, do you think it's wise to uh, 
have another third pool and, and purchase that. Right. Do right. you think that was a wise deal? All right. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what I've said before about that. As, as people who were very much in favor of that pool were berating me, um, I said, I'm not convinced, based on the figures that we have, that the city needs three pools. And that if, going forward, we find that the, the use of each of the pools individually drops low enough, it would probably be prudent to close one of the pools so that children have children and adults have two pools to choose from. Mm-hmm. And because each pool costs about $200,000, if I remember the figure correctly, right. to try and staff it and the chemicals for it. So every year it's like $200,000 to open the pool. Mm. So the, the people on the, uh, some of the people on the north side, and you know their names because they've been at the council meetings and things, are, were adamant that they needed a pool up there. And I, I don't disagree that we should make certain that the north side has the same sort of access to facilities as much as possible as everywhere else in the city. We're, we're working for the city one, as a whole. One last question. One last question. Yeah, quick. Uh, were you were you asked by uh, Cliff and Spaziani to join join the crew about taking down Lisa's sign? That <laughs> is a joke. I thought maybe they might try to call call horse you to take down the sign. Uh, well, have a good day. All right, Thank thanks. You. That's Tim's question. Uh, there was some controversy about a certain sign uh, immediately or the day after the city council debate. Uh, that there was some talk that hey, if there's bullyism, for the lack of a better word, going on in in city in the city, why would uh, an alleged bully to certain people that are running the government, including a mayor and a sitting council person, why would you put signs beneath that? Did you have any say in taking those signs away? Based on the question, no. I think I know your answers. No. Your, your answers, no. Yeah, no, and, and I'll tell yeah. you, I haven't been appro- I haven't been approached by anybody right. I think uh, I think I've thrown people for a loop or something. Nobody on the council has tried to approach me, on the current council, mm-hmm. to to ask me to to throw in with them or you know you know I, I've not been tutored by anybody right. saying here's what we need to do to to do our thing for the city. I, I'm I'm running as as an independent for myself, mm-hmm. and I I do not have any allegiance to anyone who's on the council. Mm-hmm mayor or any of the other council members at this point, and I don't expect I will going forward. Now, I, I want, I look forward to working with them as a group to sure. make decisions, right. but I'm my own man and I'll make my own decisions. Yeah, and at the end of the day, it's five people that make the decisions. So, you know, to, to, to be part of a crew or to be approached by others to kind of like, you know, turn into a, like a reality show on CBS and so forth, uh, <laughs> seems like collusion at its worst. Uh, we have another call and then we got to do a break. Hi, you have a question for Dr. Kimball. Yes, doctor. Um, you know, every every time people are running for our city offices, we hear the same things that you've said. I'm going to be my own man. I'm going to vote the way I want to. Then all of a sudden they get in get in the uh, power and it changes. And we found that out with the uh, Gang of Three. And I'm wondering, <clears throat> are you going to stay the road? Uh, would you have voted for the golf course the way it was bought? I was for the golf course and the land. But would you have voted with them for that? Would you have voted for $8 million or more for the pools and all the other things that they've done? They spent almost all the money that we had extra, and we have emergencies. We found that out last weekend, what kind of emergencies that we need money for. Hmm. And I'm just wondering if you'll stay the road. And as far as only goes, he's been a troublemaker since day one. 
and he still is. He tries to disrupt, and he'll never stop. Will you back him down? And, Lisa, now you said that that you didn't find anything illegal. That's not the point. The point is what they did to this city behind closed doors, no inspections, no appraisals, nothing. Now, you, would you have gone along with the way they wanted it? Thanks, Doctor. All right, thanks. So obviously people want it. I know they want, a, they they want, want answers. They want to know how you would have handled all that. Well, you know, looking back about a year, yeah. I spoke at several yeah, city, you've city, been that very active. City, city council meetings right. where I called the price that was being proposed at that point outrageous. That was my term, mm-hmm. that the price was outrageous because clearly that piece of land is not worth $3.4 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, the golf course by itself was worth probably 500000 although when they got all the, when they finally got some appraisal that was released, I, I forget, it was 1.1 with all the equipment and right. the building and all that other stuff. Would I, would I have bought it, would I have bought any property mm-hmm. without an inspection? No. I mean, that just sounds like a failure on the part of the council members who are making the decisions to just allow that to slip by. Sure, sure. Uh, and, and so that's, that's just foolishness. And then in the end, mm-hmm. uh, at one of the meetings, uh, there was at least one or two of the council members who tried to blame Ken Mix for not like, uh, yes. he, why didn't he go in there and, right. look, and look at the panels and stuff? It's not his job to mm-hmm. do that. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, that's just kind of letting the blame roll downhill. Sure. Um, so, no, I, I wouldn't have paid $3.4 million for that piece of property. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like to golf, but I, I wouldn't have spent the city's money on that. Right. Um, you don't so, want to buy a car that's d- double, if not triple, its value. I mean, you wouldn't no. or a house for that matter. You you would hate yourself for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I I I, I, I agree. The other thing that uh, uh, Councilwoman uh, Ruggiero came up with, she said, "Well, you know, uh, the uh, the arena doesn't make any money. Is that a fair assessment of something that, for the most part, despite the fact that the actual building itself, and by the way, municipal arenas for the most part never make money, but they, there is an offshoot of monies that come in here when a hockey game is played or a concert comes into town." Do you think she takes that into consideration when she makes an assessment like, well, look what you did, Jeff Graham. She mentioned that. Well, I'm not sure it's a fair comparison, but, but, but it is, you know, the, 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 the arena is, hmm. is something that is available for use by, the, by any, anyone in the city who right. wants to go play hockey. And, yeah. pay, and pay money to be there. Right. Yeah, and now I don't play hockey. I've, I've never been a great hockey fan, but I have been kind of trying to follow the Wolves a little bit more closely recently and see how they're doing. And yeah, sure. I'll, I think I'll try getting into a game sometime No, it's exciting. And see, if, a there's, good, see if, there's some, if there's any hockey played while the fights are breaking out. Right, right, exactly, so, yeah. Um, but um, I do think that, that, that we have not perhaps optimized our use of the, of the arena. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, DPAO does a wonderful job bringing in concerts for their fundraising. Right. But I think there could be a lot more smaller... Um, Trade shows, right. concerts, something. Right. And, and maybe we need to do a little bit more to try and market that. It's very difficult when the ice is on the, uh, in the arena and you can't use it for a good six, seven, if not eight months if they go into the playoffs. That seems to be unfair. Other people have proposed perhaps putting some type of special material over the ice so it can be utilized throughout the year. But that's for another question. So right now i got to do a commercial break. We're already about 21 minutes before the top of the hour. We're with Dr. Robert Kimball here, Watertown City Council candidate. Here on the Live at Five show, we'll be back right after this. 
My name is Jason Trainer, and I am Gold IRA Guide. Call 855-858-5807. And we're back uh, with Dr. Robert Kimball here on the Live at Five show. About 17 and a half minutes left in today's program. Talked about a lot of things, doctor, that's for sure. Uh, one thing we didn't talk about that you did uh, discuss with uh, uh, Jeff Cole on Channel 7 was uh, we're looking at a new uh, city manager. And uh, your thoughts there then, and we talked off air here, is that uh, maybe the city should wait on, on deciding who to, who, to, uh, who to make or officially our city manager one day. Uh, well, I think, I think the loss of Ken Mix with all of his you know, many years of experience, part of it just working in, in one of the departments there, but the last few as the city manager, I think that's a big loss. Um, but to expect the council that drove the current city manager out of that office right. to select the next city manager Good point. seems like a bad idea. So mm-hmm. I would favor the current city council uh, appointing an interim city manager mm-hmm. and leaving the selection of the permanent uh, party to the council that's installed after the first of the year. Uh, at this point, it looks like we're going to have a temporary manager who's already on the payroll. His last name is Young, young Man, I believe from Champion. His last name is Eddie. Um, what are your thoughts on, do you know enough about him to decide whether or not he's the guy? I, I don't know enough about him. I've met him. He's very personable. Yeah. He's, he seems intelligent. Uh, he has, I have asked him in, in communicating with Ken Mix. I've spoken with, with Logan several times. He seems like a good guy. Whether he has the, the depth of experience to step into that role, I don't know right at this time. Uh, the reason why I bring that up is because, and you as a doctor, you know how difficult, and you said the dynamics are different, but you know, sometimes when you get outside people that have the qualifications to be a city manager for a size of this city, um, sometimes you have to deal with the fact that they have to get used to us up here. It, to me, it seems better suited for someone who's already here. Am, am I right in that assessment? Or I guess it all comes down to qualifications. I think it comes down to qualifications. If we can find somebody locally who has the right level of training and experience, uh, I'm not against uh Hiring somebody local, but you're you're saying that the new city council should be the determinants of who who should be our next uh, city manager. Then, as a result of how the, the last one retired when he did. Well, I think it's not just that, but I, I've seen that they were putting out a uh, request for uh, you know uh, for resumes. Right. The, the the consultant that the current council hired, mm-hmm. Mr. Kroll, I think it is. But those aren't due back until like November 27th. Hmm. So if they were going to try and make a selection, mm-hmm. you know, based on review of resumes and then interviews, that's going to be a very rushed process. So I think they can get the process started. But right. I think they sh- in the at this point, I think they should be looking at finding an interim and then leave it to the next council to decide. Well, it's fascinating because it was about the last year, October, November, almost this time of year, that uh, we made uh, a really quick decision on the golf course. And we had to do it by January because they're, they're, they're marking down their dates for the tournaments. So it seemed like there was a rush to judgment there. All right. So uh, what have we missed? I mean, you know, one thing is homelessness. Uh, I notice and I present this question to a lot of people over the years, not just now, doctor, but uh, there's a lot of old, old homes in this town, many of which are over 130, 140 years old. A lot of them are unoccupied. Uh, I say I have a half-assed assessment to well, two out of ten homes are empty. You said it yourself. You can't tell if a home is inhabited or not. Sometimes the air conditioners are there in February, no lights on, the curtains are drawn, uh, yet, the, yet the grass is always manicured. Um, what, what, what's the deal with all the empty houses around here in your assessment? Well, I think it's... 
I think there's a lot of factors that play into that. It's just so much more expensive to try and keep up an older home. I think. But uh, why are they empty? Well, I think. I think people have moved. A lot of people have moved out mm-hmm. of the city, but not just you know because of the problems that all communities across New York State face, which is the New York the higher New York State taxes and various things like that. Upkeep, yeah, sure. At upkeep, etc. But even even as rental properties, we've had all these. Uh, housing developments go in recently around the city in the town of Watertown, mm-hmm. which provide people with some nice new apartment. Right, a lot of As it. opposed to an 1880 building that's been cut into two or three apartments mm-hmm. by some developer. Uh, and the military didn't do us a favor by building another, I forget, a thousand plus homes on base, uh, on base right. that drew back the, the soldiers, who a lot of whom were living in the community, back onto the post. Right. So I think there's a lot of factors involved, mm-hmm. um, but uh, again, it's it's something that we have to continue to look, to look at and try to address as best we can. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a banking question. I mean, it really is. And who's going to finance, I don't know, I, I, a lot of these houses aren't getting any better the more and more they remain unoccupied. Um, and yet, and there's another thing, in years ago, over 20 years ago, probably in the mid, early 90s, they were tearing down buildings that weren't, you know, presentable anymore. People weren't going to replace them, weren't going to fix them, no upkeep. Should we just, you know, go to these guys and say, look, by, by next spring, if your house isn't up to standards, whatever they are, we're going to tear it down. And that, that was a policy in city government. Should we, should we go back to that again? There's a lot of houses that shouldn't be standing right now, doctor. Uh, I don't think we should go to the, I don't think we should go there. I, I don't think we have the authority to do that, honestly. And each house that gets torn down still costs $40,000 to tear it down. So, well, it would be know, the uh, onus of the, of the, you know, the, whoever, it could be a bank, it could be somebody that, that's living out of, out of state. Well, there there are there are some houses, and I think the the current uh, council and administration has tried to address the houses that are clearly uh, not going to be rehabilitated mm-hmm. to eliminate those as they come up. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's a it's a long journey to get from somebody doesn't pay their taxes because they get a, what it, what is it two years to not pay their taxes right, before right. you can try and sell the property, which then gives them another year or two mm-hmm. to reclaim it. Mm-hmm. And so it's a long process. And if they're still paying their taxes, mm-hmm. they don't. There's, there's this classic house over on Bishop Street, if I may name that, mm-hmm. uh, where the person lives in San Antonio or someplace in Texas, they don't mow the lawn, they don't keep the place up, but they pay the taxes. Right, right. And, and so there's no, there's no teeth to try and take that property mm. and return it to somebody who might use it. It doesn't. It doesn't. To me, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, obviously, there's people that's outside ownership all over the planet, but why would one want to just waste money on ta- and paying taxes and and leaving a house just to essentially, you know, to just, decay? Yeah, to, exactly. Uh, it, it does make it doesn't no make sense. any sense. It doesn't at make all. any sense. And of course, our winters are more brutal than others, uh, and yet people still do this. They do this down in Arizona, where a house can melt away. So there's really no difference, and there's no real uh, understanding to why people would do that. Uh, homelessness. We got a late fall here. We had a late fall last year, but everything came to, you know, this 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 whole determination as far as uh, Butler Pavilion is concerned in J.B. Wise Plaza. People were living there as of now, a year ago today, and then that turned into a homeless shelter. Uh, a, a well-known a, a businessman and developer actually came to the rescue there, but that's not enough. What do we do about homelessness when things get cold? Oh man. This is this is another tough one. That and the and the uh, the, the drug crisis. I mean, 
there, there are so many factors that, that come into play to determine somebody is unhoused. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's just they have no money. Sometimes it, uh, it is associated with a, a mental illness or a drug addiction problem or uh, you name it. But uh, we, we do seem to have more homeless people in the community. But I think that's, that's also a national thing where there yeah. seem to be more people who are, are uh, because partly of the mental health issues that are becoming more prominent, it seems, mm-hmm. we have more people. And so that's a, an issue where lots of people need to be involved mm-hmm. in trying to address that. And mm-hmm. thankfully, the Salvation Army has right. established their uh, overnight sleeping area mm-hmm. for the homeless again. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the transitional housing over on Pine Street that mm-hmm. has been established since last year, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully we'll be able to address that. But th- this is a difficult problem, but it is not something that the, that the wallet of the, of the city of Watertown can fix right. outright. Well, th- again, that was part of your discussion earlier, uh, and, and, and it's, it's come up before. The city has the majority of homelessness, and yet the mayor city, uh, check that, city mayor Jeff Smith says, well, this is a county issue. Uh, well, again, at least 90% of anyone who's homeless these days, more than likely living within the confines of this city. Uh, so should we take a better role in, in homelessness in the county as opposed to delegating it to the county itself? Well, you know, I don't, I don't think he expects the county to, to um, well, let me, let me take that around the other yeah. way. If you were going to be homeless, at least you, you might try to take advantage of whatever facilities are available, whatever uh, services are available. And most of those are centered out of Watertown, right. even though they're the county agencies sure. that are located here in Watertown. Mm-hmm. Now, does does the county have a process in place through the Department of Social Services mm-hmm. and their larger their larger pot of money mm-hmm. to try and address uh, homelessness? Absolutely, but but that should be for the whole county. If they're clustered here in Watertown, that's just out of convenience, I think, for the right. people who are who are there. Because if you're going to try and uh, live by buying groceries at the the, the Handy Mart or the Hess Station mm-hmm. or something like that. Right. Then at least you got to be somewhere where there's a place you can buy food. I, I totally agree. And 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 by the way, yes, uh, when they use their own what little money they have or or food stamps at a convenience store, that's just uh, that's not good. You know, that's not good business. Right. Uh, and and that said, yeah, we are the, the for many reasons we're the with the epicenter of Jefferson County. And I agree with you. If we're going to deal with homelessness, obviously they should be uh, close, if not near the agencies that can service them as opposed to someone living up. We, we have a very well-known caller here on social services living in the town of Alexandria. Uh, but I, I just wonder who pays for her gas to get back and forth for the various services that take care of her. And I can tell you this much, it's not up in Alexandria Bay. Mm-hmm. So that would make sense to, you know, essentially, wait, here it is, I'm moving all of the homeless people, we have, most of them are right here anyway, uh, but they might as well be serviced in an area that could take care of them. So 755-1240 is the number if you have a question for Dr. Kimball. 755-1240. we got a call coming in right now. Hi, do you have a question for Mr. K- uh, Dr. Kimball? Uh, yes. How are you? Good. How are you doing, man? Good. Um, I just wondered what assets uh, does Watertown have that Dr. Kimball would try to develop more? He already mentioned the... Uh, the complex down at Duffy Fairgrounds, the arena. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything else? What other assets would he uh, try to develop? All right. Well, great. Th- good question. Um, okay. We put in, what, $14, $15 million about 10 years ago into the arena. I think that was a great investment, by the way. Uh, what, say, what else do we need? Well, 
Do we need the amphitheater in the lower part of uh, the Great Lawn at uh, Thompson Park? You know, I don't think that's a bad idea. I think people look at that sort of in a in thinking an amphitheater. But, you know, if we just had a place for like an outdoor, a small outdoor concert or something, mm-hmm. if somebody, you know, wanted to have a gig there right. and uh, just put on some live music and had room for a couple hundred people just to sit on the lawn or on, on some sort of either concrete or stone steps or something. Right, like I'd, Socrates. <laughs> I, I think I think that could be very well used. Mm-hmm. It, it won't bring in a lot of money, but it might provide an opportunity for a lot more sort of uh, quality of life, quality of life things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there are things up at the park that need to be uh, pursued, some additional trails and things. I do think that the zoo is still an asset to the community. Mm-hmm. I think it's a matter of trying to figure out for the the conservancy to find out how they can get additional financing for that and mm-hmm. i do think it would be appropriate for the for the county to contribute more to that i think it's more than just a city asset i think that is an asset for the county as a whole mm-hmm. um and uh, i think also development of the waterfront is something that has been looked at and being it's being studied right. but i think we do need to you know at some point here uh you know take the first steps right. to find some property along the black river that could be utilized to advance uh, a, a waterfront development mm-hmm. that would be beneficial in a number of ways. Yeah, and, and you know what? Uh, one piece of property came up uh, in you know in in a negative way to some degree, some controversy, but I see a lot of potential uh, right around the Court Street Bridge, uh, right where it crosses the Black River, because it's you know it's it's an intersection obviously of state roads pretty much in the center of town. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a, and by the way, here's a real big key part of it. It's a beautiful part of the river. The river is beautiful throughout. You go through black river, but so forth and so on. But just the way it looks there, I think something could be done there. And the one piece of property that was in question that was torn down, uh, might be a good way to start right at the base of uh, the court street bridge, which is now being completely redone. Yeah. I think, I think that's something to look at. I think having gone by there a number of times, I've not walked it, but I think that's a fairly narrow piece of property yeah. as it, as it comes up to the, to the edge of the river there, there's some, uh, waterfront, I think on the opposite side, mm-hmm. uh, that, uh, could be looked at. But again, we're Watertown and we're on the black river right. and most people, you know, my, my nephew or my wife's nephew was yeah. visiting recently and he went out to find the Black River and almost couldn't find it because there, there, it's not like it's right. you know it's out there for you to see it most of the time. It's interesting because you know you go over a benign river or check that bridge on Route 81 and it will say this is Sandy Creek. And, you know it's like oh that's nice and yet you're right we, there's no indicators to let everyone know that hey this is the Black River you're crossing. Is that what you're saying? Well, I don't know if it's that simple, but it's it's just that you know because the Black River for Watertown was for industry. Right. It's, it's hard to turn that around and say, mm-hmm. this is where recreation should take place. Sure, sure. And so, but, but that is the case. I, I uh, down at the, uh, at the fairgrounds, mm-hmm. you know, when you walk along the river walk right, there, right. it's lovely there. It's beautiful. It is. No, it's very nice. And uh, well, one day, hopefully they'll connect it because it's, it's, it's on one side of the city, goes to the Black River Trails, and then it skips a, a good, um, maybe a mile or so uh, along Factory Street. Mm-hmm. There's been talk about them working on that, but now we have a bunch of homeless people living on the, on those shores. Uh, would you like to see, you know, if there's any means of, of, of connecting the dots there, Doctor? Uh, I think that has been discussed, and I think that was actually going to be part of a plan going forward. But I think some financial realities came forward, right. and, and I think that may be on hold for right now. It would be nice, because it would connect everything, and then from that point, everyone could start saying, hey, this is what we should do going forward. Lastly, 
Uh, it seems like just in the last, you know, there was a time when convenience stores were popping up everywhere. Blockbusters were popping up all over the country. Uh, a lot of um, paraphernalia, for the lack of a better way of putting it, head shops have been popping up because the laws have changed. Uh, we got at least 12 of them that just that have opened their doors just in the last year or so. Uh, Mayor Smith was very adamant about it, about dispensaries and whether or not we would get any type of return in terms of taxation. What are your thoughts about this uptick in these so-called head shops? And uh, are, they the, the, are they the enabling path uh, for our, our uh, continued drug problem, in your opinion? Well, if, if we're talking about head shops that are illegally selling illegal drugs, then I would say that's not a good path. Mm-hmm. If you're just talking about them selling paraphernalia... That help that assist those to smoke drugs. Yeah, well, that, it's that, kind of you know. it, it, it's a fine line there. Right, but if right. they're not selling the drugs, then they're not doing anything illegal. I don't think it's a way forward financially for the city, and I am not in favor of having uh, legitimate or let me say legal right. uh, uh, cannabis dispensaries in Watertown. You don't think New York State should have legalized marijuana? I don't, and I say that as a physician. As a physician, the Medical Society of the State of New York has long been against legalizing. Uh, marijuana without further study. Right. And because of its classification, it's been impossible to do mm-hmm. very good studies on it. Mm-hmm. I think I think the the medical benefits of cannabis are largely overstated. Mm-hmm. And I think the risks of uh, the effect of the cannabis on particularly younger young people, people. Yeah. young people as far as mental health goes, right. are are understated as are understated. We have less than a half a minute left. How can people find out more about Dr. Kimball, city council candidate? Well, they could certainly go to my uh, my Facebook page, um, and uh, you will find me there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's the best. That's awesome. All right, uh, Dr. Kimball on Facebook for City Council. Uh, and Dr. Kimball, thank you very much. I shake everyone's hand thank at you, the Glenn. end of each show. And thanks for being with us today, folks. We'll be back tomorrow right here on AM 12. For, for, what you, next Fox News. It's CBS. CBS News on the hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Monica Ricks. House Republicans are now regrouping after losing another candidate for speaker. CBS's Nicole Killian tells us Minnesota's Tom Emmer is out. At the end of the day, there were about 10 to 20 members who were not backing Emmer. He spent several hours trying to talk to some of them.